We apologize that the first part of the recording was lost. The recording will start with the scriptures and proceed to the normal ending. The first lesson comes from Acts chapter 10, starting at verse 34. Then Peter began to speak to them. I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sends to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is the Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John announced, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with the power, how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all the people, but to, uh, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testified about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard him speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter said, Can anyone withhold the water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they invited him to stay for several days. The second lesson comes from 1 John, the fifth chapter, beginning with the first verse. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the parent loves the child. By this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and obey His commandments, for the love of God is this, that we obey His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome, For whatever is born of God conquers the world, and this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. Who is is it that conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not with the water alone, but with the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one that testifies, for the Spirit is the truth. There are three that testify. The Spirit and the water and the blood and these three agree. Here ends the second lesson. The gospel lesson comes from John, the 15th chapter, beginning with the ninth verse. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. 
No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friend. If you do what I command you, I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask Him in my name. I am giving you these commands, so that you may love one another. Here is the Gospel reading for today. Well, it's Mother's Day. And that's a day that we like to focus on, on the love that exists in families and, and between, uh, between us and our mothers. Uh, my wife and I, we don't have any parents left. They're all gone. But I think about uh, my mother, the anniversary of, or her actual birthday would have been uh, this past month. And, and so you tend to think about things, you know, when that day comes around. And, and uh, I know my brother and I, and so we put some little things out on Facebook about her birthday and stuff. And, uh, and you know, and I loved my mom, but I didn't always show it. Uh, I don't know if y'all were like this or not, but when I was growing up, there was times that I kind of got a little out of line and, uh, and, and maybe did a few things that she wouldn't have wanted me to do. Uh, but I still loved her, and, and I know she loved me, even during those times. But I'm wondering sometimes if during those times, if, if she ever felt like or thought that, you know, if I could have picked a different one, I would have. <laughs> I imagine she did because I sure gave a reason to sometimes. And, uh, and I know I felt that way sometimes uh, when my kids were coming up. Uh, kind of <laughs> still do every once in a while. But you know what? Even during those times, I know my mom loved me. And, and I'm sure your moms loved you no matter what you did, and you loved your kids, even if you didn't like what they were doing, and even if you're angry at them, you still loved your kids. And if it would have come to it, you moms, you would probably give up your life for your kids. I bet, I bet you would. And I, that, I think, is kind of of what the love that Jesus is talking about is like. Uh, he's, he started out the gospel lesson that we read. The first thing that he said was, as my Father has loved me, I have loved you. Now, I tried to understand what that meant. And, and I'm thinking, okay, we can't even understand the relationship between Jesus and his Father because they seem kind of separate, but we know there's just one. They're both God. They're like equal. They're the, kind of the same, but they're kind of different. So there was like obviously, obviously some sort of like really close bond, okay, whatever that is. So the love that exists between them has got to be way beyond anything we can understand. I mean, it's got to be something that we can't even grasp. It's like so far above the way we can think. But Jesus said, just like my fathers loved me, that's how I have loved you. 
But then he says, I want you to love each other as I've loved you. Now that might be a little scary. Because how did Jesus show love for people? During his ministry, what did he do? He went around and he always seemed to be attracted and and drawn to the lowest, to the, the most oppressed and the most distressed and the most sick, the people that were having the hardest time, the people that were outcast and and shunted away, those are the people that Jesus was drawn to. So he would would go to those people that were uh, socially outcast, or the people that everybody else hated, or the people that were sick, or the untouchable lepers. He was drawn to those people. He would go to them. Why? Because he loved them, and he was willing to step outside the lines and outside the norm and show that he cared for those people. But the thing that he did the most was that he gave up his life. He gave up his life for you and me. Sometimes out-of-line people, sometimes rebellious children, sometimes people that don't care that much about him or don't show that we care about him. But he still stepped out there and said, this is how much I love you, and I'm going to give my life. So you can live. And so he sacrificed himself for that. And then he says, I want you to love each other like I've loved you. Well, ask yourself this question. Would you sacrifice your life for the person sitting next to you. Would you do that? Would you die so that the person sitting next to you could go on living? It's a little bit of a tough question when you think about it, but that's what Jesus is saying. I want you to love each other that much. Now, Reality, I don't think that he's going to ever ask you to do that. Okay? I mean, it could happen. It does happen sometimes. But chances are, he's never going to ask you to die for somebody else. But what he's saying is that he wants you to have the kind of love that means you would if he asked you to. But in everyday life, what he's asking is, I want you to love each other enough that you're willing to make whatever sacrifice is necessary for them to be blessed, for them to know the love of God, for them to be helped so that you can like reach out and touch people. And it might mean you've got to go out of your way. You might need to go do something for somebody that you wouldn't normally do. It might mean picking up somebody to take them somewhere. It might, might mean giving up some of your time or some of your energy to help somebody. It's that kind of a sacrifice that he's asking us to make. Whatever it is that he puts in front of us that we have an opportunity to do, that's what he's asking. That's the ideal thing. But boy, don't you know, we don't live in a world like that, do we? We live in a world that has a glaring lack of love. 
for example, I mean, all you have to do is look at the newspapers and the newscasts, and you can see that. I live over in Memphis, and uh, uh, every single day, okay, every single day, there's one or two shootings. And that means in a week's time, three or four people, at least, have died from getting shot. It may be gang-related, drug-related, or something like that. Uh, about half of them are domestic, and somebody's getting shot. Uh, where's the love in that? I know, Marilyn, you're from St. Louis. It's probably a whole lot similar. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, maybe. Okay, I mean, I know. I lived there for a few years, too, and it was, uh, it was not good back in the 60s and 70s, either. Uh, I mean, that's the kind of world that we live in. But whether there's shootings or not, you got you got people out there that just don't care about anything. You got you have to watch out for scam artists all the time, don't you? If you're doing anything online and stuff, you know, or these offers and whatever, you got to worry about that because people don't care. You know, it's out there everywhere. And if you look at the world, just look around the world. Look at how many wars are going on. Look at how many people are killing each other and trying to get the upper hand over everybody else for whatever reason, whether it's, it's religion or color or whatever, you've got all those kinds of things going on. The world does not know how to love. What it really is, is just self-interest run amok. It's people, instead of having an attitude of self-sacrifice, it's an attitude of self-satisfaction. And so everything is about us. Well, isn't that the ultimate definition of sin? That it's about me and what I want. And so people, very often our nature is to take care of ourselves, and that may mean at someone else's expense. And that's what happens. So how do we change that? How does that change in us and, and in the world around us? Well, maybe we can kind of do what Jesus did. Because Jesus told us how much he loved us. And he said, here's what he said. He said, even though we are called to lives of service, service to God and service to each other, Jesus said, I'm not going to call you a servant. Because a servant is lower. And a servant is just told what to do and expected to do it, but doesn't always know what the one telling him is thinking. And doesn't know why. So a servant doesn't know what the master's thinking, what the reason is. He's just told to do something. He's supposed to do it. Jesus said, I'm not going to call you a servant. I'm going to call you a friend. Because friends share things. And he said, everything that I got from my father, I passed on to you. You know everything. You know what he knows. You know what I know about what our job is and what the mission is and what the responsibility is. So I'm going to call you my friend. It's kind of like we got a promotion. Because of Jesus. From servant to friend. And then Jesus says, And you didn't choose me. I chose you. I chose you in spite of your sin. I chose you in spite of your rebellion. I chose you in spite of the fact that you ignore me sometimes, that you don't think about me, that you want to go off on your own and do your own thing, and that sometimes you hurt each other. In spite of all that, he said, I chose you. I chose you to be part of, of my family. 
to be children of my Father. I chose you to be my brothers and sisters. And why did he do that? Well, grace, love, whatever you want to call it. But the fact is, he chose you to be his friend. And knowing that, and when that sinks in and kind of gets down, well, ask yourself, how do, how do I want to respond to that? What does that mean I do with my life? Jesus said, I chose you, but then I appointed you. I appointed you to bear fruit, fruit that will last. And the kind of fruit that lasts are the, the acts of love and service that we do for each other, the way that we care for each other, the way that we're willing to, to give up something of our, our own, our time, our energy, whatever, to help somebody else and to be a blessing to somebody else. That's what he's called us to do. And so in your life, as you go through your week, you may be confronted with situations where somebody's going to need something or somebody's going to ask you something. Well, don't be too bothered to not do anything. Do something. Respond to that some way. That's God coming and saying, here's your opportunity to bear fruit. And it's not just for us as individuals and the people in our life and treating the other people in our lives as friends. But it's us as a congregation. What about all the people that are outside this door, that are out there in the community, people that are hurting, people that are lost, people that are suffering, people that are oppressed, people that are poor and needy, what, whatever's going on out there, what about those people? And what is God calling Emmanuel to do? Is he calling Emmanuel to step out and to take some chances and to make some sacrifices so that they can be blessed? Is he calling Emmanuel to love those people like we've been loved by Christ? Well, I think so. <laughs> I think that's exactly what he's calling us to do. And as God presents us with opportunities to do that, and he will, and already seems to be, then those are the things that we need to step out and take advantage of. We need to love as Jesus has loved us. We're going to sing a song now. Probably, uh, probably everybody here knows it. They'll know we are Christians by our love. One of those old camp songs. Uh, who knows the song? Yeah, good, lots of hands. That means uh, everybody can be singing out, and I don't have to do it by myself. Uh, so if y'all stand up.